not something that happens to you or that you have to wait for you know for it to happen and show up to to you but rather it's an intentional personal decision that one takes to say that look i'm putting away childish things right Welcome to the Architecting Through Life podcast, where we dig into principles for building ourselves up as individuals while navigating the realities of this thing called life. The podcast is dedicated to young adults and anyone with a deep hunger to grow in their journey of being all that they were created to be. My name is Simon Gubeni, and with each episode, I'll be discussing thoughts and insights drawn from life, from the Bible, from unique experiences, as well as from other great minds and mentors. Thanks for joining me on this journey, and I do hope that you'll enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Architecting Through Life podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Um, If it is your first time, welcome to the podcast. If it is not your first time, very much appreciate you checking back in again and finding enough value to to do so. Um, In today's episode, we're looking at the fourth and final installment of our series of reflections on this idea of thoughts on manhood. Thoughts of manhood. We've basically been discussing this idea of manhood, um, what it means to be a man, what is the essence of manhood. And manhood as contrasted against um, being a child or being an adolescent, right? And in today's fourth and final installment, we basically want to look at this idea of um, boys to men, right? Going from boys to to men. Um, and obviously, when I say boys to men, I'm not talking about the that 90s R&B group, right? Um, but we're talking about this idea of how um, to transition from from boyhood essentially to to manhood, right? And it may be important to do a quick recap on something that was discussed in the second episode on the essence of manhood, which will be valuable for for today's episode, where we said that the essence of manhood can be described as proactive self-control in the context of truth and responsibility, right? Where being proactive is this idea of not being defined by things outside of you, right? That you're not a slave to your circumstances, like you're not reactive, but are proactive, and that you don't have to be a slave to the things outside of you, right? And and self-control is this idea of not being a slave to yourself, right? Taking a position of of combat and to be in control of your passions, your emotions, your feelings, your hormones, etc. Right? And it's maybe important to note that this isn't a position that someone arrives at, but rather it's a position that someone takes in taking active effort to be proactive, right? It's and self-control. It's 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 a direction rather than a destination, right? Um, and this is in the context, this idea of being proactive and self-control, it's in the context of truth. And responsibility, right? Where where truth is principles which when you and I follow contribute to living a meaningful life, right? Um, and this idea of responsibility then is being accountable for one's own actions and their influence on others, right? And more than this, it includes taking responsibility for ourselves in the places that we find ourselves in, right? So not just being responsible for myself in general, but being responsible for myself in the places that I find myself in, whether it's home or work or the community, right? Um, and I could probably summarize all of this even further by saying it's the idea of individuality in purpose, right? So we're proactive and self-control as being an individual, an independent individual, and truth and responsibility being this idea of, of purpose, right? And, and we'll get into that. But um, this idea of manhood, we've basically been discussing 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, right? A text from the New Testament scriptures, and it's basically framed the overall discussion where the writer says there that when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, right? Um, it's the idea that he 
basically gives a framework on essence of what it means to be a man, right? So that when he was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And for this episode, the thing I want to note from that text of all the things that we've discussed before is that when he says, I became a man, it was after he had put away childish things. And right? he says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And the thing to draw from that, at least for today's episode, is the idea that being a man and putting away childish things is something that's intentional and personal. Right? Intentional in the sense that he says, um, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and then when I became a man, I put away childish things. Right? That it, being a man doesn't happen by chance or by accident, right? Or, as, or by nature. That it's 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 a product of of circumstance or chance, right? He doesn't say I found myself being a man. He said I put away childish things. And the idea there is that manhood is a product of intention, right? Of being a man, of taking up an active choice and intention and resolution to being no longer a child, right? Um, to putting away childish things. And the second part that it's it's personal, right? He says, when I was a child, I put away, or when I became a man, rather, I put away childish things. And it's the idea that one can't do it for someone else, right? No one can make the decision for another person to be a man and then take up responsibility, right? And say that it's not something that happens to you or that you have to wait for, you know, for it to happen and show up to it to you, but rather it's an intentional, personal decision that one takes to say that, look, I am putting away childish things. Right? And today I want to look at a bit of that, you know, this idea of transitioning from um, boyhood or adolescence to being a man, right? how we can put away childish things and take up the personal and intentional decision to then being what the writer describes as as a man, right? And in the previous episode, I made mention to the marks of childhood and adolescence, right? Or childish things, where I said that being an adolescent is this idea of wanting to be independent, right? Without taking up the responsibility of submitting to the truth, right? Um, so it's this idea of wanting to be free and proactive and independent without taking up the price of responsibility and, and truth. In this idea of putting away childish things, that framework of the essence of manhood is actually a framework which is helps in guiding the encouragement to being a man, right? So we said that being a man is proactive self-control in the context of truth and responsibility, right? And that's, that's the essence of being an adult human male, right? Where it's proactive and self-control in the context of truth and responsibility. That sets up a framework of the essence of manhood, I want to look at those factors backwards and and look at them as something that becomes a guide in terms of how that can be done. You know, how does one get to a point of um, putting away childish things? Right? How does one get to a point of taking up the intentional and personal decision to being or transitioning to being a man? And so, set so is proactive self-control in the context of truth and responsibility, and we're going to work backwards with that. It's going to be responsibility, truth self-control and being proactive right and so idea of responsibility where being a man comes by choice it comes by assuming or taking up responsibility right firstly for my own life right for your own life and your own self and then for your actions it's what um Kavi talks about when he describes responsibility he says it's it's drawn from the word response 
ability, right? It's the ability to choose our response to a given situation, right? That our actions, my actions, have an impact on the world around me. And not only so, but I can choose what those actions are, right? Almost to say that I can choose what my what what my impact will be on the world around me because of choosing what my actions and my um yeah effect will be right so it's this idea of responsibility the ability to choose my response and that responsibility is not only for um the impact of my actions on myself but on those who are within my immediate um surrounding right and this comes from a very important point it comes from realizing that our actions as individuals and as human beings and ideally as men are consequential right they have an impact it's 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 a lie to think that anyone is useless because our actions have grave consequences right um both for the good and for for otherwise and and for me that's that's a a profound thing to think about that our actions actually have a consequence like your and my life are consequential they have a consequence on the world and so the things that we do always have an impact right they always have an effect and i am responsible for the effect that is produced by my actions there's this idea called um the distinction between your your circle of influence and your circle of concern right that there are things which are within my circle of influence things which um my actions have an impact on i can influence those things and the things outside of my ability to influence are what is called the circle of concern right so as a as a as a, an example i can't um change the weather right i can't dictate how the weather must behave on a given day it's outside of my circle of influence and so it's only within my circle of concern and that down to the individual level there are things which are within our direct circle of influence which we are accountable for right um i think i made reference in a previous episode to this idea of the judgment that um not only are we accountable for our actions but that we'll have to um bear judgment for them right in fact there's um this idea of 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 what of that you 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 reap what you sow right and that we must all stand before the judgment seat um of god so to say and that principle is this idea that our actions actually have consequences and that's a profound thing to think about that you and i despite the lie we may be told about that you know some people are useless or whatever your actions your existence actually has a consequence and god has given each and every one of us a reason for existence so that our consequence can and ought to be a beneficial and positive one right so that's this idea of responsibility right um that we all as individuals you and i as a singular individual actually has a consequence in our actions our thoughts our words our speech that extends not only on us but on the world around us and being a man comes with taking up the burden of responsibility in the immediate context that i find myself in right my workplace my school my family that i have a part to play in the impact that is created in the world around me the second is the aspect of truth right in fact there's a profound text in the new testament where jesus says in john chapter 8 that um you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free right now all the while i've been talking about truth as being the principles that are to guide how one lives right which when when they're followed have you know beneficial consequences right then and, and i've been talking about this idea of truth as being what is the reality of what is right and wrong right and the idea of of what it says in john 8 that truth makes us free 
it's 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 this idea that at times we are bound or enslaved to things or to circumstances because of the fact of our ignorance towards what is what is the truth, right? Um, because of the fact of our ignorance of, of what is truth. Like think of it like this. There's another New Testament text in Galatians that says, and I think I referred to it just now, that says, um, do not be deceived. God is not mocked because a man reaps what he sows. Right? So it says a man reaps what he sows, and then it says, do not be deceived. A man reaps what he sows. So this idea is that if you and I were to believe that we don't reap what we sow, right? that I don't reap what I sow, that um, my actions don't have consequences, if I were to believe that, I would be believing a deception because it says, don't be deceived for a man reaps what he sows. Right? And the text continues and says something along the lines that, you know, if you sow to your you know, sinful nature, you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spiritual, reap eternal life. And this idea is that if I continue sowing to my, you know, uh, wrong inclinations, let's say if I keep sowing or investing in to my, let's say I have a, a, a habitual inclination for certain uh, narcotic substances or drugs, if I continue investing into that um, sinful habit or inclination, I will reap the consequences of that. And this idea when it says, be not deceived, a man reaps what he sows, it, it, when it says be not deceived, it's basically letting you know that reaping what you sow is a truth, right? And not believing that truth would be to give into a deception, right? And it is a truth that you reap what you sow. And so the principle there is that, you know, when, 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 when we know what is truth, the truth will make us free. And when you and I come to know the truth that we reap what we sow, it frees us then, right? Um, something about that is freeing. And when I say that the essence of manhood is proactive and self-controlled in the context of truth and responsibility, it's the idea that when you and I know the truth, we'll be in a position where we can then take up the burden or the responsibility of, of manhood, right? And so the truth is truth about what is right and wrong, truth about your and my worth, truth about ultimately purpose, the fact that our existence has a reason, right? Um, the fact that you and my, the, 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 the cause of our existence, our being created, has come with the consequences of a purpose, right? That nothing was created without a, a purpose and that you and I as an individual, right? As an individual singular man, human being, that our existence comes with a valuable, substantial purpose, right? And the being proactive and self-controlled in the context of that truth, in the context of that purpose, is realizing that, look, I have a reason for being, right? And that that is, that is a truth, right? And that the truth makes us free, right? So being a man is this idea of taking up the burden of responsibility, but also submitting to the truth, right? Look, that like I, that I can, you know, want to choose my own ways, but ultimately the truth will be my judge, right? That um, the truth about what is right and wrong, the truth about the world around me, the truth about myself as an individual, right? And that is something that is essential for you and I to then live up to, you know? And it's unfortunate that many come to learn the reality of truth through, um, I'll say through circumstance, right? That you realize the hard way that you don't reap what you sow, but also it comes with taking up a proactive choice that says, look, my actions have consequences and I reap what I sow and that is a truth, right? That there are certain actions which have certain reactions, that that is a truth. And choosing to be 
a man is choosing then to submit to or to follow the beauty of that truth among many other truths. Right? And I want to emphasize harder than the point that the truth about our own individual worth, you know, um, society has brought into the culture of, you know, shaming men, um, devaluing, you know, um, essence of, you know, what it means to be a human being or as a man, you know, and it's not without cause, you know, I think there's, there's, there's enough evidence in the world for the vast populations of the world to take up a position of antagonism against against men but it's important for as an individual to take up the acceptance of what or to accept what i would call truth right the truth about one's individual worth and i would even argue that the cause of the most problematic men comes from a misapprehension of what it means to be a man like that 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 misunderstanding of what is I would call inherent value that you as an individual, right? As, as, as a, as a person, as a man are inherently valuable because of the worth that was put into you, I would say by, by creation. Right? And, and then taking up the burden of manhood is taking up that truth. Right? And, and, and the truth makes us free. Right? There are self-control, right? self-control, as I said, that it's the idea of fighting to gain control over one's own passions, desires, right, in a healthy way and enjoy them in a healthy way. It's not to say that we should, you know, um, destroy desire as some might want to to put it, but it's to realize that, you know, like a wild horse, desire has to be tamed, right? And being a man is coming to, you know, put that on a leash, so to say. You know, I was reading an interesting article um, by a brother, his name is Duka Mushesh, um, talking about uh, reflections of a man during Women's Month, and gave a beautiful description of meekness when he says that meekness is not to be um, powerless, but that meekness is to have the potential and power to be harmful, but to have that under control, right? And that's self-control, right? That's that's to, to have the capacity to do um, serious damage, but to have that under restraint and control, right? Um, right, and and it, it's hard for me to make this point without ever pointing to to God, right? That um, being self-controlled is a product of God's influence on the life, right? At least personally for myself, and as I've seen for other people, right? And so, um, this idea of self-control is not being a slave to oneself, right? And this comes with understanding the fact that being a man is requires being self-control and right? that the, the, the most influential men are men who have not only been able to shape the world around them but have been able to um, shape themselves so to say in their influence of the world around them right that you and I have the responsibility to be self-control and right? to have ourselves under control and that yeah I think I'll be I'll be I'll be repeating and emphasizing that point overly and that being proactive is, as I said before, that it's not being a slave to things outside of myself. And I want to emphasize this point a bit more. It's easy for us to give into the lie that our value and our worth is measured by the things outside of us, right? Um, our material possessions, right? Money, um, titles, um, certain, you know, symbols of, of, of um, status, so to say, right? Um, but being proactive means not being a slave to those things, right? And it's not to say that one shouldn't have those things. In fact, I would even say that being proactive puts a person in a better position to actually have, you know, money, status, ac accomplishments and whatnot. But it's realizing that whether I have or don't have, who I am still doesn't change, right? 
um, that whether I have or I don't have, the essence of who I am as a man still remains intact, right? That um, you may shake whatever may happen outside of me, but that doesn't shake who you and I am or are as an individual, right? Um, so it's basically not being controlled by circumstances or events, right? And also not letting those be an excuse for poor decisions, right? There's an awesome book by, I think his name is Tony Evans, um, called No More Excuses, right? It's a book dedicated to, to men in manhood. And the whole book is basically a chapter by chapter saying no more excuses to, you know, the past, no more excuses for... Um, no more using failure as an excuse. No more using various things. No more using fa certain things outside of us as an excuse for why we do not take up the responsibility of being a man. Right? And, and I would summarize that as being proactive. Right? That who you are doesn't change when things around you do. Right? Um, so this also not maybe maybe it's important for me to emphasize this that this also means not being defined by things outside of you such as past experiences or failures right not letting them control who you are now or who you become right and, and i think one of the greatest things that enslave a lot of men and hold them back from being who they could be today and in the future ideally is the past right whether it's past failures past family backgrounds you know um who my father was who your mother was who your grandfather was who your lineage is who your you know um background is this idea of your past right, or your failures or your past experiences, that becomes one of the greatest things that I've seen to hold men back from being proactive. And realizing this truth of being proactive is that you are not a slave to the past. You know, you're not a slave to your circumstances. You're not a slave to the things outside of you because you and I as men are called to be proactive, which is not being a slave to things outside of you. right? And again, I don't say this as as a perfect man, right? Or as a man who who um, is without flaw or who is without, you know, having to take up an intentional effort to be proactive and self-control in the context of truth and responsibility. And I think it's important to emphasize that this is not a destination, but a direction, right? And it's a direction that when taken, I would define as being, when taken is putting away childish things, and like Paul or the writer being intentional and personal in taking up the role of being a man. Right? So overall, this is an encouragement to um, young men, those who are in the transition point of you know, going to be men or who are finding themselves questioning what it means to be a man, that it's a direction that you face rather than a destination that you arrive at. right? And that this is an intentional decision and it's a personal one to put away childish things. Right? And I've looked at this idea of the framework that um, comes with accepting that you have responsibility. It comes with believing the truth about your worth and about your purpose. It comes with being self-controlled and comes with, you know, being proactive in terms of not allowing yourself to be enslaved by the things outside of you. And um, maybe to close it all off, it's very hard for me to ever discuss things like this without pointing back to my faith in God and how I've understood this idea of manhood in the context of my belief in God. And I believe that God is essential to everything that I've just described in the sense that God calls us to account for our actions, right? So in that sense, God 
gives us responsibility. Right? It's like there's a parable that says that, you know, um, God is like a man who owns, um, who went away on a journey and he left his servants with different, you know, talents or what was then currency. And he comes back and he calls them to account for them. So he's calling them to account for their talents because he has given them responsibility to look after them. And even so, God accounts human beings God calls human beings to account for their actions because he has given them responsibility, one of which is to reflect his image in the context of love and obedience to his law. Right? So that's the idea that God gives us responsibility through asking us to account for our actions. Right? That's our first responsibility to, to, to ourselves and the world around us and to God. That God also defines our purpose, right? that he created us and that he is the objective source of what is right and wrong. And right? so God is He's, he defines himself as being the source of truth. And so in his creating us, he gives us inherent value. And that is a truth about ourselves as individuals, that we have inherent value, um, that he defines what is right and wrong as the one who created us, so that he gives us the truth of how then to live as created beings and so on. And that God himself is the source and the guide of what is truth. A part of being self-control is the fact that, you know, there's a principle in the, um, in the book of Romans in the New Testament where the writer says there that um, you know, when I want to do right, I find myself doing wrong. And when I want to do wrong, I find, or when I don't want to do wrong, I find myself still doing the wrong. And then he says, who shall deliver me from this condition? Then he says, I thank God through my Lord Jesus Christ that he has freed me from that. And so the idea there in the book of Romans chapter 7 is that left to myself, I am a slave to myself. But God is able to liberate me from the bondage to my own habits, to my own addictions, to my own passions, um, to my own flaws and failures. Right? And then the idea of being proactive, um, firstly being that you are not a slave to your circumstances and also that you are not a slave or being defined by your past. Right? And I'll say that in two ways that how God intervenes in that situation is the fact that number one, God establishes my inherent worth right, and yours, that your worth and your value is inherent, right? that it's in you despite whatever your circumstances are, that you are inherently, as a man, valuable. And the second being that you're not a slave to your circumstances in the sense that um, God is able to liberate us from the pressures to be slaves to our circumstances, right? Um, I mean, peer pressure, uh, you know, external pressure, all of the things that um, are put on individuals as men to be slaves to, that God frees us from those things, right, through through the truth, right? um, that while the greatest want of the world is the want of men, God is able to make a man proactive and self-controlled in the context of truth and responsibility. Right? In fact, um, my, my, my appreciation of this idea of God as being an enabler of true manhood stems quite deeply from this principle from a passage from this one book called In Heavenly Places, page 54. And it's, it talks about Jesus as, as the model man, right? Jesus, this man who has influenced the world, who has inf influenced transcendent cultures throughout times as, as an individual, as a man, is an example that is worthy of following, right? And it says there that Jesus was a perfect pattern of what we should be, right? He was the strictest observer of his father's law, yet he moved in perfect freedom. He had all the fervor of the enthusiast, yet he was calm, sober, and self-possessed. He was elevated above the common affairs of the world, yet he did not exclude himself from society. 
He dined with publicans and sinners. He played with little children and took them into his arms and play and blessed them. He graced the wedding feast with his presence. He shed tears at the grave of Lazarus. He was a lover of the beautiful in nature and he used the lilies to illustrate the natural simplicity in the sight of God. Continues to say something along the lines that he was never um, degenerated. You know, his zeal never degenerated into passion. His consistence never became selfish obstinacy, right? His love never savored of weakness. His sympathy was never sentimental. He combined the influence and simplicity of a child with manly strength and devotion to God and a tender love for man. And he possessed the commanding dignity combined with the winning grace of humility, right? And that he's a model, as I ended quote, he's a model man that's worth being followed, right? So this idea of being a man is an intentional, personal choice that no one makes for any other person, but it's a position that one takes to say that, look, I'm going to put away childish things. I'm going to assume responsibility. I will believe the truth, both about myself and the world around me, that there's a way to live, which is you know, valuable to follow. It's the idea of right and wrong. That I will no longer allow myself to be, you know, self or be a slave to myself, or at least I will fight to not be. And that I will be proactive, right? That I'm no longer defined by my circumstances or even the most gruesome failures of my past and that God is the one that enables all of that that whatever my past may have been God is able to free me from that right whatever my um, bondage to myself may be God is able to free you from that you know and that God gives you and I our purpose our responsibility and you and I can accept the truth about what it means to be a man that's it for today's episode of the podcast thanks so much for tuning in my name is Simon and I'm wishing you all the best on your journey of architecting through life much love Thank you for listening to the episode that you've just heard on the Architecting Through Life podcast. If you found it valuable, please kindly do me the favor of um, sharing it and maybe leaving a comment if you'd like. Um, i really like to get your thoughts, any impact that you might feel it may have. And do feel free to share it with someone else so that it can be a benefit to them as well. Thank you so much for your time and do join us again on the next episode of the Architecting Through Life podcast.